Hi, this is Norma Maldonado, and you're listening to TV Confidential. When Hugh Downs came on the program, I was a writer. I wrote the introduction that presented Hugh that day. And the show at that time traveled a great deal. Um, we loved to do that, and we went to many different countries. We went to Japan. We did the first satellite broadcast from, from Paris. Um, we went to Spain. Um, to Germany. It always seemed to be raining, and I used to tease Hugh because he'd get on the air when it was coming down in Torrance and say, there's a fine veil of mist today. And there were many different women who were on the Today Show. It was not, I was not one of them. I was doing my reporting and I was writing. And then in the convention that nominated Lyndon Johnson, uh, there had been a woman on the program named Maureen O'Sullivan, who was maybe better known today as the mother of Mia Farrow. And one of the things that I've learned that broadcasters still have not learned is that someone can give a very good interview and not necessarily be able to go the other way. You know, I see it again and again on programs. Oh, I saw so-and-so. She was wonderful when so-and-so interviewed her or him. Therefore, he or she would make a great host. It doesn't happen that way. So they hired Marina Sullivan at a very large amount of money, and she just, she just was not cutting it on the program. And when it came time for the convention, um, nominated Lyndon Johnson, which was in Atlantic City, the ABC News executives felt that they had to let her go it, because she just couldn't cope with the kind of news questions. And they had a big contract, so they certainly were not about to go get another big star. And so they put me on the air uh, three times a week for 13 weeks. The other two days, one was done by a movie critic at the time named Judith Christ, and the other was done by a, an art critic named Aileen Saarinen. Uh, they put me on for 13 weeks. Um, it's not that I competed against them, but little by little they were no longer working on this program. Anyway, from 13 weeks I stayed on for 13 years. Ed Robertson, welcoming you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. They'll shift gears this segment as we pay tribute to Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters, the legendary newswoman who not only broke barriers for women in television as the first female co-host of the Today Show and the first female anchor of a network evening news program, the ABC Evening News, but as the New York Times put it, helped blur the line between news and entertainment as an interviewer of celebrities, most notably in her popular series of primetime specials for ABC television. Barbara Walters passed away this past Friday, December 30th at the age of 93. You might recall that our friend Steve Battaglio, business editor of the Los Angeles Times, profiled Barbara Walters as part of From Yesterday, to today, Six Decades of America's Favorite Morning Show, an excellent book that not only shows why the Today Show remains as vibrant today as it was when it first premiered, but also provides intimate portraits of many of the people who came into prominence because of the Today Show, not the least of which was Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters was hired by Dave Garraway in 1961. She was probably the last person that he hired because he left the show that year. And Barbara was hired as a writer. There weren't many woman writers in television, and Barbara Walters was told, you can only write for the women on this program. You cannot write for the men. The words that you write will never be heard, spoken by Frank Blair or Jack Lascouli or John Chancellor or the other people on the program. So Barbara uh, began to sort of forge her own way on the show. Uh, over time, they found that her writing was so good that she was able to write for other people. She also began to go on assignments. Uh, she followed uh, Jackie Kennedy, the first lady, uh, to India. 
she would do interesting segments outside of the studio and found herself on camera. When Kennedy was assassinated, when President Kennedy was assassinated in 1963, it was all hands on deck for the NBC reporters. And that meant Barbara Walters had to go on camera too and report. And the more the public saw her, the more they liked her. Yet, it was still a tough fight for a woman on this show. It took 12 years for Barbara to become a co-host on Today. And that didn't happen until 1974. And, and that was by accident. As told in detail in the book, it was only because the host of the show, Frank, Frank McGee, had died. Yeah. And Barbara had it in her contract that she had to succeed him. Is it safe to say, Steve, that NBC never really appreciated Barbara Walters? I think that's a really good question. I think it was more that they didn't completely understand her. You know, as television news gained prominence in the 1960s, it was extremely serious. It was really very much um, pompous in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And Barbara Walters, because she was not able to do a lot of serious interviews, because they just wouldn't let her do it on the Today Show, learned how to do the soft stuff, the fashion shows, the movie star interviews, and was very good at them. Uh, she was the daughter of a nightclub owner. She understood celebrities. She understood showbiz. Yet, Barbara also became very good at doing serious interviews as well. She had to go outside of the studio and get them on her own. But very soon she was interviewing the likes of Dean Rusk, of President Nixon, of Henry Kissinger. All of a sudden, you had this person who was comfortable in both worlds doing soft news, doing hard news. Barbara was such a great personality that she was able to, to guest host The Tonight Show. She filled in for Johnny Carson. There was no one like this in television news, and nobody really knew what to make of it and understood how to tap into it and use it at NBC. And NBC also had some larger corporate problems uh, with the parent company, RCA, in the 1970s. I think they took their eye off the ball when Barbara got the offer from ABC. Yeah. And ABC was trying to make its name in news. They had just had their first real success in prime time in the mid-1970s under Fred Silverman. And, they, and news was, the, was uh, the, the, the new frontier for them. And they were able to lure her away by offering her the evening news as a co-anchor co with Harry Reasoner, and also the chance to do programs for the entertainment division as well. So what you had there was that Barbara really sort of knew that, that, you, that TV journalist also could be TV personalities, and she was good at it. She was good at both, and she was the first one to do that, and nobody else quite understood it. I think the viewers understood it, but uh, TV executives didn't quite get it, and I think that's why she got away. Well, the higher-ups at NBC, you know, the executives, the decision-makers may not have understood the appeal of Barbara Walters, may not have appreciated her, but as you say, the viewers appreciated her and still appreciate her, and as you, as, as you point out in From Yesterday to Today, many, many of her colleagues, with the possible exception of Frank McGee, appreciated Barbara Walters. Well, Frank McGee was a great newsman and a really tough newsman.
newsman, and I think that he probably didn't like the idea of sharing the spotlight with a woman, but I think he also didn't like the soft things that Barbara was known for. And Today's Show became a very hard-edged news program during the DP years that Frank McGee was the host from 1971 to 1974. I mean, McGee is largely forgotten by America, but, you know, if you grew up in the 1960s, you saw him a lot on television. He did all, he did all of the space shots on NBC. He actually moderated the second uh, uh, Kennedy-Nixon debate. Mm-hmm. He was a tremendous advocate for civil rights as a reporter. Uh, he And uh, also, he spoke out against the Vietnam War before Walter Cronkite did on television, on NBC. So he was a tough guy who was also for a lot of the right things. But he was certainly an example of his generation who was not tolerant of the idea of, of, uh, of giving uh, an equal opportunity to women. Yeah. And, uh, and Barbara suffered for that. In fact, it was in Frank McGee's contract that Barbara, when Barbara did an interview with Frank McGee, they were both on the set and doing the interview, Frank McGee asked the first three questions, and Barbara could come in on the fourth question. That was the rule. And that's motivated Barbara to go outside of the studio and get her, go down to Washington a lot, and, and, or just get her interviews outside of the studio when she didn't have to do them with Frank. In a way, it, it kind of helped her because she was able to sort of get these things on her own and, and, and build her own stature. And then when, as detailed in the book, uh, Frank died, uh, he had suffered bone cancer, and it was kind of a secret within the company. So a lot of people knew he was ill. They didn't know how ill. And in Barbara's contract at the time, it said that if Frank leaves for any reason, that she would become the co-host of the Today Show. The book is From Yesterday to Today, From Yesterday to Today, Six Decades of America's Favorite Morning Show, and the author is Stephen Battaglia. This particular conversation with Steve originally aired in 2012, but From Yesterday to Today is available wherever books are sold online, Amazon.com. Barbara Walters passed away this past Friday, December 30th at the age of 93. Before we leave the subject of Barbara Walters, Steve, two things. Reading about the you know, behind-the-scenes, maybe turmoil is not the best word, but certainly there's conflict between Frank McGee and Barbara Walters. But in a way, it's, it sounds like you know that may have braced her or at least prepared her for some of the um, problems she had early on with Harry Reasoner when she signed the contract with ABC. Well, I mean, I think just, these guys just didn't want to share. Yeah. I mean, I mean they, they saw the women's movement as a threat. It, was a, it would be a new pool of competition for them. And I think that's one reason why they were not open to the idea. I mean, Barbara, Barbara's co-host, Jim Hartz, who came in after Frank died, and actually he was a good friend of Frank McGee's, um, he accepted Barbara. He liked Barbara. And uh, he worked well with her and was happy to share things with her. And he said he never saw, any, he never saw anybody work harder than Barbara Walters. And they had a pretty harmonious relationship. As far as what happened to Barbara at, at ABC, I, I think it was tough. And she was, you know, Frank McGee, uh, or Harry Reasoner, that is, was um, was an alcoholic and difficult to work with and uh, and very critical of her. And, and I think Barbara was promised a lot of things at ABC that she did not get. And I think that Barbara, on some level, 
regret ever having to leave NBC and the Today Show. I really think she still looks at it as a home. Uh, she's come back for every single anniversary show that they've done on Today, and she speaks of those years as, of, as almost as they were a mystical time for her. There's a lot about it in the book, and um, it it certainly talks too about Barbara's role just as a woman, um, as, as an icon. Not quite well. Maybe I'm not sure. Maybe icon is not the right word, but she certainly was a symbol for the changing role of yeah. women. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say in the 1960s. Absolutely. I mean, I was going to say she was not a feminist per se, but through sheer doing and through her, through her example and just by doing good work on a day in day out basis. I mean, she helped break a lot of barriers uh, and helped break the old mold about um, not only you know women in television in general, but certainly women on the Today Show because uh, early on. Uh, the presence of women, you know, on, on the show, well, there's the whole, the first uh, 20, uh, at least the first 10 years of the show, we had the concept of the Today Girl, which was basically window dressing. I mean, they, they, they literally did the light, you know, the light entertainment segments. It's really strange because the first woman to have a real presence on the Today Show was Estelle Parsons, the actress. Mm -hmm. And she was hired as a production assistant. And soon Dave Garraway just put her on the air and had her do things like book reviews and to do, and she did some reporting. And she was the woman's editor on the show. I mean, she would do a lot of serious stuff. And she even filled in for Garraway um, occasionally. And then after she left the program, the role of women really changed. And you have the Today Girl, who was much more of an ornament. Someone who did, well, Lee Merriweather did the... Did, the weather, after she was Miss America. And then Florence Henderson would sing on the show and do some of the lighter segments, never any of the serious stuff. Yeah. And also they had the moniker of the Today Girl, which was, you know, sort of diminishing in and of itself. And uh, it was Walters that really changed that, and I think just through, just through the force of her will, her ambition, and her ability to, to work and, and deliver the goods. Steve Battaglio, business writer for the Los Angeles Times and the author of From Yesterday to Today, Six Decades of America's Favorite Morning Show on how Barbara Walters changed the role of women on the Today Show and, in so doing, paved the way for future generations of female newscasters and female reporters on television. Barbara Walters passed away this past Friday, December 30th at the age of 93. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. The clip you just heard with Steve Battaglio originally aired in January 2012 here on TV Confidential. You might recall that a few months prior to that, in May 2011, we spent a few minutes talking to Jim Peck about Barbara Walters. Now, most of you probably know Jim Peck for hosting such TV game shows as Second Chance and The Big Showdown. What you may not know is that Jim was and still is an accomplished interviewer and talk show host in radio and on television, including interviews for 
Good Morning America on the network level, as well as local TV talk shows in Los Angeles, San Francisco, Milwaukee, and Washington, D.C. Not only that, Jim Peck won an Emmy Award for interviewing Barbara Walters on his Washington, D.C. talk show. As we pick up the conversation, we asked Jim. We, we all know what it's like when Barbara Walters conducts an interview. What's it like when she's on the other side of the microphone? Well, it's funny that you ask that because the first time I interviewed her was in Milwaukee in 1972, and I asked her that question. I said, do you enjoy being interviewed? And she said, well, no, I don't. I, I really I don't find myself very interesting, and I really am interested in other people. I don't know anything about you. We just met about 15 seconds ago. I don't know if you're married or single. Are you, are you married? I said, yes, I'm married. She said, do you have any children? I said, yeah, I've got a son. And suddenly I realized what she was doing. She was interviewing and me. She, <laughs> but she had, yes, but she had that tractor beam on me. Yeah. And suddenly I found myself so fascinating that I wanted to tell her all the interesting things about me. But fortunately, there was something in the back of my brain that kept saying, Jim, nobody in Milwaukee wants to watch Barbara Walters interview you. Cut it out. <laughs> and I, I wish I still had that tape because you could see us jockey for position for yeah. 30 seconds. And she realized I caught on to her. And she ended up giving me a, a terrific interview. And we became friends as a result of that. Well, and I, uh, I maintained a relationship with her uh, through mail and occasional phone call. And she was always very good. And uh, she was one of the references I used when I got the offer from Washington, D.C., and uh, then I interviewed her several more times uh, in D.C. In fact, she used to tease me. She said, you wouldn't have a career if it weren't for me, which was probably a lot truer than I wanted to think. Well, you wouldn't have an Emmy Award if it weren't for her. Uh, if it weren't for her that's absolutely, that's, that you do your homework well, sir. <laughs> yes, I got I did win an Emmy for that interview I did with her in uh, in D.C., and it was uh it was one where I turned. The, I was able to turn the tables on her. That I, I had her in my tractor beam, and I got her talking. And she, this was before she had written anything about herself or ever answered anything in uh, in an interview that was personal. And uh, I was able to get her to talk about uh, her impending divorce and how they had ex explained this to their daughter and all kinds of stuff. And it was uh, it really made for a very good friendship as a result of that. Um, let's see. Um, if you interviewed her while you're still on the East Coast, you would have moved to ABC around 75, 76, around the time that she made the move from NBC to ABC uh, to um, yeah, from NBC to ABC, um, mm -hmm. which which and in fact we did a program on this gem a, a, a couple of weeks ago where, where we looked back and you know you talk about the hot seat they threw her into the lion's pit with Harry Reasoner and uh, that was not exactly a marriage that went well did it help that she knew people such as such as you at at the time who may have been able to you know give her some comfort you know while she's going through this big professional turmoil she would have been nothing without me and <laughs> <laughs> very, very difficult time for her, and I'm not sure I was able to give her much comfort, but uh, uh, Harry Reeser was just a jerk, and, uh, and he, uh, the, the, it's okay to be a jerk, you can't let it show, Sure. and he just let it show, and uh, she took the high road, she always took the high road, um, the most she would say negatively about him was that he was difficult, yeah, well, he was more than difficult, he was, uh, he was a curmudgeon, um, and he was unkind. Uh, those are the sort of the nicest things that I can think of to say about him in that period because uh, she, she really is, is such a consummate professional. She does her homework. She, she, when she's doing an interview, trust me, she knows more about you than you do. And, uh, and she's, but she's able to make you comfortable 
And it, you know, one of the best things I ever saw her do occurred when the, uh, I think she was still doing the Today Show, and they went to Cuba. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got an interview with Fidel Castro, and they were told ahead of time that uh, Premier Castro does not answer questions in English. He only answers questions in Spanish, so work through the interpreter. And about a few minutes into the interview, Barbara just decided, I'm going to take a shot. And in English, she just turned to him and said, Premier Castro, I know you're not terribly comfortable speaking in English, but this is such an unusual opportunity for you to talk directly to the millions of Americans who are watching this, is there something that you would like to say to them in English? And there was a gasp among his handlers. And Castro went right into English and talked. And I am convinced to this moment that nobody else could have done that but Barbara. I was going to say, Jim, do you think the fact that she, you know, she was not only just Barbara Walters, but you know, b- being being a female, there are things that a female can get you know, someone like a Castro to do that a Mike Wallace that a Harry Reasoner, that a Howard K. Smith may not be able to do. Do you think that helped her in that moment? Probably. Uh, she was also a very attractive uh, woman, <laughs> and that didn't, that didn't hurt either. Yeah. But the main thing is that, that she was genuine. She is genuine. When she talks to you, she talks directly to you, and uh, especially someone who was as experienced as Castro would have felt that and known it immediately, that uh, you always have the feeling when you're talking to Barbara that she's got a safety net for you. Jim Peck? on how Barbara Walters got Fidel Castro to conduct an interview in English when nobody else could, and how she always managed to give her interview subjects a safety net whenever they spoke to her. Our conversation with Jim originally aired in May 2011 here on TV Confidential. Barbara Walters passed away this past Friday, December 30th, at the age of 93. We'll continue our tribute to Barbara Walters after this quick timeout. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.